man, one voice that stands alone. I am one choice, two man, the throne. Stand good and take shots, give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. And we are live on Facebook with this week's Monday Revelations or the Pulp Revelators. Uh, we've got myself, Michael Valiant. We've got Scoob, Gary Skirko. We've got John and Brandon and Tim and Brooks and Mark and everybody else that Miss Sally and Romper Room can find with her magic mirror. Um, <laughs> and uh, as the world is watching WandaVision, so are we. We had more reveals this week. Uh, if you can tell with looking at Marks and Brooke, we've learned that it was Agatha all along. And as she's revealed, uh, Agnes is Agatha Harkness, um, a bad guy. Um, so I guess that's it's, we can we can go anywhere we want with this. But do we think that Agatha is working alone? Is she the big reveal or is, is she the solo villain or do we have another big bad somewhere? Open it up to anybody. No. <laughs> no, I don't think she's the big baddie. I think that if you look at, at Agatha's storyline in the comic world and a lot of the hints they've dropped that have us heading 100% towards the multiverse, I think that she's either working with or for somebody else. And Paul Bettany has said more than once that in those last two episodes, it's going to reveal somebody that's just going to blow everybody's mind. And he's been really looking forward to it. Now, I don't know if that'll be an ally or an antagonist, but um, I, I don't know if they'll reveal it this, this season, but I think there's more to this. Yeah, I think, I mean, to me, the most interesting dynamic, and I think Brandon touched on it last week, not only do you have the team that, you know, looks like it's going to be Monica Rambo and, and Vision trying to save the Scarlet Witch, you have that one team, you have the other team that's Agatha, and whoever else is going to be involved with her and also maybe Pietro, but you do have this sword entity and Brandon talked about this last week, but you know, you have this government thing that's also trying to capture vision at the same time. So there's the good versus bad as usual, but you're also going to have this third entity that's somewhere in between that's trying to capture everybody and how all of that plays off in these, in just two episodes that are left is going to be really interesting to see how they make that all work. And, and will the third entity, end up having been working with, you know, Agatha and the other people as well, because, you know, like Brandon mentioned, they're, you know, they're trying to steal uh, Vision. They're trying to get a hold of him and they may have even been working with this, with this other team to get them. Yeah. Agatha is one of those names that throw me off. It's the names that end with the um, T-H-A. And the reason why is because it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I, you know, I, I like to go on tangents. Um, have you ever what seen other words with Patricia? Rodney Dangerfield? <laughs> Remember when he dressed up as the woman and he's like, Martha. whenever I hear like a name like Agatha, all I hear in my head is Rodney Dangerfield going, Agatha. but anyway, um, so what were you we talking about? <laughs> um, but no, back to, uh, back to the topic at hand. Um, I don't think she's the big bad. Um, and I, it was really cool with Monica how, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when they showed the uh, uniform she was wearing underneath the astronaut outfit, that's like her comics, Captain Marvel color scheme and kind of design. But the big thing, and I think 
Tim, I want to say you might have pointed out earlier or somebody else online did it and I'm just attributing it to Tim, but um, you're on mute. But um, anyway. Sorry, work on I'll, I'll take full credit right now if it was a brilliant idea. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it was me. But her, um, the sword symbol was a circle right in the middle of the chest. And we've been kind of um, leaning a lot into potentially that they're hinting at the Fantastic Four with some of the astronaut and sword stuff. And um, the reason why that really hits home with me is um, because I just want to keep drawing a circle on my chest. That's why. Um, but no, it's because they um, in back when I was in college, they did the original Heroes Reborn, which we know is a storyline coming up and um, in it. Jim Lee wrote and drew the Fantastic Four um, comic. I, I know he drew it. He might have written it or it might have been somebody else. But anyway, Jim Lee did it. And they were S.H.I.E.L.D. agents originally. And they had costumes that had the S.H.I.E.L.D. symbol in the circle. And half when they get back from getting their powers and all, Sue Storm pulls off each of their that circle, that S.H.I.E.L.D. badge, flips it over and uses tape to create the four. And then re places it on the uniform and i was just like that's a crazy easter egg because if it if they are introducing or at least hinting at the fantastic four through all of this setup that would be a brilliant way because they have the costume already they just need to flip that now i'm starting to feel like they're laying so many easter eggs that we're not going to see the full result of them for another decade no but it's it's brilliant coordination oh yes i mean all of it is well, that's what makes it engaging is that if you watch closely enough, there's so many Easter eggs that we're all playing Scooby-Doo in the mystery van over here, uh, trying to figure out what means what and who's who. And, you know, what's I've, done, I've done more, more research in the last seven weeks than ever. That's who the big bad is. It's old man Smithers. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, we I knew it. From, from the Simpsons? <laughs> no, from, from the amusement park. He's, he's dressed up as Agatha. Well, if so, to jump around a little bit, you know, we've got who the who the main villain is. It may or may not be. One thing I don't think we did see this week was who the the space uh, the aerospace engineer is. <laughs> we don't think that was the major with the the cool truck that didn't that turned into half minivan. There's no reveal <laughs> there. There's no fun. You know. And the and the engineer sucks at their job because <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I knew as soon as they were like, "This will definitely do it." It's like, "Yep, that thing's not going to make it." <laughs> well, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait till the episode was over because when they introduced the engineer and and by the way, I mean, <laughs> they set they know what they're doing. I mean, they set that up. I mean, they, the way they had the camera reveal and everything else, they were totally teasing us. I mean, because yeah. you knew. You were watching and they tried to set it up like it was a big deal. Then they revealed it was Major Denmers or whatever this person's name was. I couldn't wait to go online when the show was over to see if this was actually someone from the comic books. And when they revealed that it was not, I was like, okay, well, I mean, they totally just pulled the carpet out from underneath us. But I I think, you know, we've been talking on this show. I mean, I feel like if that lands and it is going to be somebody major, that's going to be the last credit scene of the last episode. I mean, I think, I still think that's where that we're headed to see that reveal. Um, and we may not hear more about it. In the next, I mean, they got so much to wrap up in these last two episodes. <laughs> I mean, it really, and I agree with Tim. I think that, that it's going to last 
it's going to feed through this feels like they're setting up loki now but we're going to the ramifications of all this stuff that they're introducing we probably don't feel until you know the rest of this year going into next year for sure well and even the little bit that they set up like when she like the attention to detail is amazing for some of this stuff like when she's going when monica's going through the um the force field the barrier whatever it was whatever they call it i can't remember she hears nick fury she hears uh captain marvel and the conversation that she had she hears her mom and conversations she had so it's like they're playing up all this stuff and combining it into one and it's neat that they have longer than a movie to do it right yep they can add so much more yeah i mean if you think about it they've laid all this groundwork and they've still got two hours worth of episodes to bring it all together i mean they've got plenty of time i don't know they will but it's awesome i mean it's it's very well done my hat's off to everybody involved with it word oh yeah gary you're talking about where monica's going through the the shield or the field of the hex and 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 she you know we see she's kind of getting her powers and so i got thinking and my daughter ava and i rewatched captain marvel last night um so the tesseract or mind stone you know is is partially or fully responsible in the mcu for wanda's powers petro's powers part of vision captain marvel and now thereby monica rambo also right i mean mm-hmm. you've got a lot of powers coming from this one stone yeah yeah it sets up a really good end of the series with you know you've got witches against each other and vision's power coming into it like i my mind's just racing for it's almost like who's going to be against two you don't know what the team is going to be i mean you kind of figure darcy's with vision that's about it right and I, I just want to take a second while we're talking about monica's origin story basically gary that you described really well and that i mean i agree like that that scene you had to stop and rewatch to see who was talking and it was so powerful but i mean aren't i mean I'm already at this point way more inclined to like Monica than I am Captain Marvel at this point. I mean, they've done such a yeah. great job of setting her up. And I, when she landed on the one hand and her eyes were glowing, I was like, man, that is badass. That's great. And like, they've done a great job getting that character over in a way like Captain Marvel 2. I don't even care if Carol Danvers <laughs> at this point. And they've taken advantage of the fact that they have six hours now to push Monica over. Well, it's a really good, it's a Captain really good Marvel. casting too. Harris has just I mean I can see her on the big screen carrying this character well into the future she's just on a oh, fabulous yeah. job absolutely my, yeah, big, my biggest okay. thing is the why like I, I still think we got a lot of why to find out like why is Agatha like is Agatha Harkness just like a goofball that likes to mess with people like obviously that's not the case why does she play. yeah yeah so like why does she want to be involved and i think is is sword bad or is hayward bad right like have they delineated in that dialogue i can't remember all of it whether what he was doing was his stuff that he was hiding from sword or whether it was like official sword stuff that just went up above a certain level i don't know if i know that for sure but i'm leaning towards like what i was saying last week i think that he's bad 
I don't yeah. think Sword is bad. I think he's bad within Sword, and I think that he allowed he some he had something to do with how Wanda got Vision because they 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 made a point to put that comment in there about well he didn't they tried to make it him work but it didn't work until Wanda got him. So there's something there right. I feel that like that connects Agatha somehow to Hayward in some way I I don't know what way I don't know if there's something else there to, or another person or entity or something else involved but well and they're still they're still Surrey <laughs> I mean she was the one who was she's the only person after Vision's been made who mm-hmm. dove into his brain and died did a diagnostic of him did a full markup right. makeup of him so I, I find it very hard to believe that a scientist such as her wouldn't back up her work before she began and this could be Paul Bettany's you know final hurrah for the character or they could easily bring that character back as it's gained traction and strength. I mean, I've, I've said a couple of times that it's nice to finally have a, a vision who, who matters personally now, you know, right. Before he was just really powerful. Now he matters personally. So they, so um, a lot of the rumors going around is that he potentially could split off into Simon Williams, wonder man. Cause hmm. um, in the comics, uh, wonder man, I mean, he appeared initially in the early Avengers run. He was a villain. He died um, heroically. Come to find out, he was like misled into his thing, kind of to make the story short. And they used copy Ultron used a copy of his brain waves or engrams, however you want to describe it, uh, thetans if you're a Scientologist, um, to uh, make uh, the Vision's personality. So essentially, they were like brothers um kind of um so you know marvel takes these stories turns them on end and makes them accessible for entry-level people who had lives growing up um and you know they (laughs) just kidding just kidding (laughs) so they um so that potentially could be a spinoff but generally since it's a huge rumor going around the internet I would be surprised if they didn't go with that because they seem to be defying all the rumors aside from Agatha. Well, don't forget with Agatha that Agatha. she's never been a major character, but she's played both sides of the fence before. She's been the enemy. She's been the ally. Right. She's teamed up with Wanda before to battle. Um, who was it that didn't want magic around anymore? Can't remember who it was, but she teamed up with Wanda to take on Mephisto, um, another Mephisto. magic character. Like she's. Oh, I got pulled up here. So, so anyway, so, she's she's worked with the with Wanda before, so this could be her trying to stay close to Wanda because she's going to need her to take on a more powerful foe. So, so thinking through Brandon's question as to why, you know, we we got a few things that were that you know were were teased at us this week. And we might need Encyclopedia Skirka to make the most sense of the nexus, you know, which we know is kind of the way that the multiverse connects, right, Gary? Right. That's all I have to say. No, it's, uh, <laughs> they, in Marvel Comics, a character that's like fiercely um, like part of the nexus and is the guardian of the nexus is man thing um so which is kind of like marvel universe's uh swamp thing created right. by this uh 
the roommate of the guy who created Swamp Thing and Man Thing, they were roommates. Interesting story um, that you can look up for yourself. Um, but, you know, there is this nexus that create connects all the um, realities and also has to do a lot with time, which we know is coming up. And an interesting story about Agatha Harkis, the Vision, and um, the Scarlet Witch is the initial storyline that saw the Vision and the Scarlet Witch become a couple and get married and introduced Agatha Harkis, if I'm not mistaken, also involved Immortus, who is another version of Kang the Conqueror, who we know is about to appear in the MCU very shortly. Um, so they're kind of using all these stories and characters that tie together um, with the Nexus, the Time Variance Authority, we know they're going to be in Loki. They tie into all this whole multiverse and everything because, you know, almost every one of the futures of the Marvel Universe that have been introduced in the comics are alternate futures. Mm -hmm. And they always keep it that way so the next writer can create an even cooler one. So, um, and it's not locked into that. You know, a good example is the Days of Future Past and the X-Men. That was like... Mm -hmm. A huge storyline and now since then we've seen how many futures for the x-men right. so it's kind of like so all of this is kind of tying into those same stories but again they're doing it in such different ways that it's hard to predict like you can grab tiny pieces of it and throw it in there but you know the mcu is always really good at being like there's a hint of that but we decided to do this and it's better right but don't so part of agatha's storyline too is that she was the nanny for Franklin Richards oh, for the Fantastic now, Four. Oh, I can't believe you did that. You said the nanny, and now I'm gonna. She's gonna sound like Fran Drescher. Today. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Didn't, didn't that character also like turn into some crazy villain later? I was I was googling a bunch of stuff. Wasn't Franklin Richards become like a some kind of villain or something when he grows up? Uh, in one of the potential futures I was talking about. Oh, right, the potential future thing. Yeah, right right now, right now he's um the All son of made right. Reed and just kind of a member of the team. Got it. So here's here's the big question I had is that it started out, Mark and I were talking the other day, and it started out kind of as a joke where Mark was like, Okay, the only thing I call BS on is vision's power. Like like where does that come from? How can he just touch people and we get like this? revolutionary revolutionary moment of storyline and i i said i said something and it turned into a real conversation where i was like well i know why because he is the mind stone okay so where did the mind stone come from and it the way i work it out in my head is that she made it from something because she rewrites things when they be when they're in that environment so what was able to be rewritten into the mind stone or is the Mind Stone from somewhere? So now you raise an interesting point because Steve Rogers put all the stones back. Mm -hmm. So did he put it back in vision? We don't, we don't know, do we? Just, I mean, no. any insight on that? No, because put it back um, vision in vision, it would have been in vision. Yeah, he was dead at the beginning. He was... Um, but in the past, he would have been in him already, right? He, so he right. couldn't have... They grabbed the Tesseract from um, before from right. shield from from um when they went way back in time right and and stark met his father but yeah there's i mean there's so many questions I, and i agree with tim and, and listening to brandon do the same thing like 
most of the people who aren't Gary or, or someone like Gary who knows all the comic book background, I think are searching, like Googling and trying to figure out what's going on. Like, ooh, okay, who's this? What's this? You know, okay, the book in, in Agatha's basement, you know, the dark hold probably is the theory that people are kicking around. Not one that I knew, but... Um, no, knowing all this is a... <clears throat> <laughs> knowing all this is a is a easy um it's an easy fix i mean you just you would have the same knowledge i do if you moved from baltimore with a like highly active life on the streets to the middle of nowhere with no streets um <laughs> oyster shell lanes and you too can have the same amount of knowledge i do hey, Cord- cordova had two country schools my friend <laughs> i lived in ridgely <laughs> ridgely right we're a little bit bigger than Cordova, right, John? Slightly. But that's the interesting part. Like, you know, there's, there's even to Senor Scratchy, or, you know, the bunny, you know, right. you start Googling that and all of a sudden you come up with Nicholas Scratch. And it's, there's a lot of things where they try to blend the old comic books for the Garys of the world with, yeah. with, <laughs> new, with new people. They, they want, you know, these kids to come up and, and not be familiar with a, an archaic comic book from the 70s. Um, but Gary probably has catalog somewhere in his in his room but so they're trying to blend it too right and so i remember reading so when the when you see the bug in her house whether it's a roach or a whatever it is I, I remember reading somewhere that that mephisto is sometimes introduced with a fly you know somewhere and so you're like ooh, that may, that seems like a weird detail to throw in there so the we, Lord, got, the Lord we got another issue going on though because in this episode agatha was given charge over the children right oh yeah and then the children disappeared and last we know wanda went in the basement looking for her kids and they're not there but there's a storyline in the avengers disassembled that agatha messed with wanda's brain enough that she was able to manipulate her memory of her children and wipe that and then as wanda started to figure it out she confronted agatha over where her children were so yeah, and the that, that 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 uh, Agatha ate the children. Do we think that happened? <laughs> well, and prior I mean, to she that, killed the dog. <laughs> she did kill the dog. <laughs> she did kill the dog. The only thing she didn't do was boil the rabbit. Um, but the um, <laughs> the, the uh, there was also a storyline earlier that, in fact, it's kind of interesting. These um these trade paperbacks and storylines that haven't sold for years, or they've sold to like collectors and stuff like that, or completists. I've suddenly sold out and Marvel now has to do second prints of them. And it's mm-hmm. John Burns run of um, West coast Avengers. And it's the one that features the division being disassembled and Wanda bringing him back and him not remembering his past and everything. So sounds familiar, right? <laughs> um, but in that same storyline, her children were found out to be, to have been created from two pieces of the soul of a demon. So um, now in the storyline, the demon was a servant, was a servant of Ms. Mephisto. But, you know, there's all this talk about Mephisto. And Mephisto is hitting it really big in the Marvel comics. So that's another way. Whose children are we talking about? Are you talking about Wanda's children? Yeah, Wanda's children. Now, later on, they, of course, retconned that. And they came back and were reincarnated as the uh, two members of the Young Avengers. Um so and they never really explained how that went away and how that changed, but um, it's still like pieces of the puzzle. And, you know, the vision by Tom King needs a new printing now because it's sold out in an unfindable 
um, uh, the Scarlet Witch series and the original story of them coming together with Agatha Harkis. All those trade paperbacks are now going back to reprint because they're that they don't have enough supply for the demand anymore. So Marvel is kind of like not only for entertainment wise, but for business reasons, that they're brilliant right now. Oh yeah. So you got to think um, in terms of any magic, you know, storyline. Usually, the why comes down to more power. Yeah, I want to be more powerful than I am, and and how do I do that? And and so maybe and so does Agatha need Scarlet Witch's power to add to her own to be able to conjure or to contact Mephisto? I mean, there's so many possibilities you know and like you say we've got two episodes to to fit it up right and usually there's a reason for wanting the like i need this power to do this thing that i can't do right right now right am i alone in thinking that the basement and uh looked like stranger things is that going to be the next episode (laughs) i feel like no one's that was the first thing that came to mind but i haven't seen that anywhere online it looks to me it looks like the upside down when you're down there but yeah it does there was a rumor slash mini like leak kind of thing that was suggested that the episode is like a backstory for Agatha Harkness. Not the whole thing, probably. I mean, because there's a lot mm-hmm. more that we need to do, yeah. hopefully, <laughs> than just that. The next two episodes are Agatha's origin story. We're not going to go over it. But yeah, we're going to leave us with the cliffhanger. They're going to leave us with the cliffhanger with involving Wanda pushing into the Strange movie. Right, because um, it says Wanda is a big part of that movie. Yeah, and they're starting to lay some groundwork. Of, there's little tidbits of this tying into the Winter Soldier. It, they dropped a big bomb this week with a tying into Loki. Yep. So I, they're they're tying it all together, but they they have enough things, pieces left out there that we're not going to have all of our answers. You know, it's, Brandon wants to know why, but man, don't don't stay up late. In two weeks, what will happen? We'll get enough. We'll get enough. Why, and then we'll get the what the after that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the other thing is that no one that we we haven't really talked about, and people keep not really bringing up is like, doesn't Spider Man have something to do with this too? The upcoming Spider Man movie because Strange is in that, Mm -hmm. and there's the whole multiverse. I mean, they they keep talking about the other Spider Men coming into this. I think so, yeah. I think what you'll find is that everyone starts to deal with because of what happened with Thanos. This is my my theory, is that everyone's going to be dealing with these origins or beginnings of the exposure of the multiverse. Um, now Marvel could say forget that and just blow it wide open with the Fantastic Four showing up and all kinds of stuff, but I think you'll see everyone kind of slowly going, man, something else is happening here, and that'll be the first. They haven't really announced a. Um, an Avengers movie. They said it's in the future some point right. in time, but maybe not even in this next phase. So I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna pick at it like it, almost like they did with Thanos. Yeah. It'll just be a little pick at it for right. for 10, 12 movies. Well, I, I, I think Ant Man like, is gonna tie into this too, right? It's a quantum yes. mania thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean this is all this is gonna be the thing. And just to go back to what Gary's talking about with Nexus, I mean the the best dumbed down version for people like me you know that i heard was that the nexus is basically the waiting room 
that, that were that were in the, at the intersection of all these different multiverses where mm-hmm. they all feed into this. And I think Brooks, you mentioned earlier, some about 2099 feeding off of that and in the comic books and all that stuff. But it's it's that's basically what it is. And I think we're going to talk more about that in Loki, right? That's going to be something with the time variance. So Selnick, Selnick did, if I remember correctly, within the MCU, Selnick did authenticate that we're in the, we're on the six one six world with this Marvel universe, right? Didn't he say that? If I remember correctly, what you're saying I don't remember. I think this is in the same whatever as the comics universe. Okay. So it is a different world. It's like Earth. One something something something. Huh. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be important to understand that the different Earths in the future. I think I think Marvel's gonna make that uh, very a very big part of this. The, don't worry, they'll hit you over the head with it like they like they did with the end of the episode. Right. <laughs> like we always talk about how they hit you over the head with like the real answers. They certainly did that with the song at the end. Right, of the right. <laughs> Agatha all along. All I right. think so, I think the guest star we haven't seen the big guest star is gonna be Michael Keaton's Batman. Oh gosh, <laughs> wrong movie, wrong multiverse oh movie. I mean, it would finally salvage DC's movie world <laughs> by bringing it into Marvel, sure. Um, all right. So if we're going to, why don't we give one final take or question around the screen for WandaVision that's coming up and then we'll, we'll move on to our next topic. Mine is, did any of the little, uh, pieces they threw at us with like the rabbit's name and things like that. Mm -hmm. And even the guys at the circus do any of those matter or was it just fun? I'd, I'd love to see, I know we're not going to see that answer, but it'd be fun to see two years from now if, sure. if that laid groundwork. Mangolds? You got anything? No. Yeah, I'm going to go back to where Vision's power came from. I want to know what this power is that lets him conveniently reveal exposition in, in critical moments. But I, I, you know, and I'm curious whether or not Monica Rambo is just going to all of a sudden know how to use all of her powers super quickly in the last battle. But I'm really excited to see where her character goes. I, I really yeah. enjoy where, what the, where they, how they've set that up. You call well, I'd like to see if uh, Darcy obtains any power of some sort. You know, John, I was wondering that too, because she went through the, the dome, yeah. you know, I'll, I'm just gonna I'm gonna piggyback on Mark a little bit and then add something else. The piggyback on Mark is yes, they gotta explain Vision's powers are, have to be from the Mind Stone, or he'd just be a robot with no powers. So if he has powers from the Mind Stone, where did that come from? Where how did it manifest itself, or how was it manifested in the hex? But then. My other question is, or thing, you know, is ultimately, um, and I lost it. I did have a really good one, but I, 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 if I think of it, I'll come back before we're done. Sure. Skirka? I had something sarcastic to say, but I lost that. Um, so I'll just go with the real thing. Uh, I, I still want to come back to Pietro and know whether there's more to Pietro and for the love of God, who is the witness protection guy? Every <laughs> yeah. episode, they don't reveal it. And yeah. I need to know. I know time. what it was. It was, it was, 
what effect did whatever Agatha Harkness did to Wanda at the end? What is that like? What can she, when she turned Wanda's eyes purple? Like, what is the ramifications of that? And why did she have to be in her basement to do it? Why couldn't she just walk over to her house? Purple haze. Sorry, <laughs> I'm listening to a lot of Hendrix lately. It's Wakanda. No one knew we're tying Wakanda into this. Yeah, what up? What up? Um, yeah, and, and Pietro was one of mine too. I, I can't, I can't allow him just to be a, a random casting. You know, he he's got to tie into the multiverse somehow, or else I'm going to be, you know, Deadpool three is coming. What'd you yeah. say, Brooks? Especially since Deadpool three is coming. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and and then thinking that. Um, you know, are there reinforcements? Are, are the teams that we have in front of us the only people who are in the fight or are there reinforcements coming? We feel like Doctor Strange has to come, whether it's at the very end or not. Um, I, I think the place would go nuts if there's a John Krasinski as Reed Richards, even for a moment, even for just like a cameo so that you know that's going to come later. Even um, just the name Reed Richards. You're right. Bro. Even if it's just they mentioned him by name. Shoot, I'd, I'd be excited if they say Willie Lumpkin, the Fantastic Four's mailman. <laughs> no, they'll be like, they'll be like, this guy's car that he made didn't even work, and it'll go over to John Krasinski, and he'll be like, Dwight <laughs> 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 hey. Schrute standing right next to him. <laughs> All right, so WandaVision, we'll, we will be definitely back next week to, to see where we are after, after episode eight. Um, Agatha Harkis as a as a villain coming in um, is a villain that probably most people had to look up. Um, you know, somebody who's who's new to the screen, not one of the Marvel's major villains. Um, so that led to uh, Valiant Comics posing a question: Who are the most underrated villains in comics? Um, and so uh, we'll throw that question around a little bit. You know, in your mind, who are the underrated villains in comics? Um, for Marvel right now, the only thing that popped off the top of my head, and I wouldn't—I don't even know if he's underrated right now because he's getting like—he—he's getting a lot of storylines lately, and even his own action figures, Arcade um arcade is this character that features a lot in the avengers and um and the x-men and he he's a paid assassin that essentially create creates the hunger games for Mm -hmm. all these villains like you know he's tried to kill uh spider-man in a giant pinball game he creates like all these intricate death traps um, one of the big ones is, I mean, he literally in a recent storyline called Avengers Arena, he took all the junior Avengers in training that were teenagers and put them on a remote island and basically threw them into a Hunger Games type of situation. And it, it was brutal and such a good series. And it's like, man, and now the X-Men, I know he's he's showing up in a huge, in an X-Men storyline that just started. And it's just like he such a cool character uh, yet has no powers and always is able to um make it out and he's literally that character that at the end of the storyline like there's nothing redemptive about him like you hate him every time so i would say arcade 
a fair one. I kind of took it a different direction when, when this question was posed. Um, I went back to one of my favorites from my comic book, early comic book days, Molecule Man, Owen Reese, who was, uh, you know, arch enemy of, of Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, um, it seems to me, always seemed to me, even back when I was reading it, that that being able to manip manipulate matter the way he does is is, is pretty powerful. So um, maybe we'll see him in the Fantastic Four coming up here soon. And if I remember from my early comic days in the first Secret Wars, he was kind of the key to, to beating the Beyonder Absolutely. way back when. Yeah. The, uh, he'd be great. So are any of you guys reading Marvel's current run of Thunderbolts? Yeah, I am. I yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody, <laughs> but the idea behind the Thunderbolts is the Kingpin has assembled his own team to help with the uh, King and Black issue. Right. And the, the symbiote issue. And man, there are some people I'd never heard of. The Leaper. I'd never heard of him, but he's like a martial arts guy who can do anything. You know, with his body, you just kind of get anywhere. But oh, in the midst of, what's that? Is it the French guy, Batrock, the Leaper? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, he was yeah, in the Winter Soldier. Yes. And he's actually, um, I saw an article where he's got a role coming up. Like they brought him, they're bringing him back. So that'll be interesting. But I was thinking, so I know he's got a bigger role coming up, but Taskmaster. Because mm -hmm. he's, Thunderbolts is starting to, to flesh him out a little bit where he's become the leader of this just defunct team. Yeah. And he's, he's making like command decisions. He's taking the lead and it's just interesting to see him just not be this. He usually just kind of comes and wreaks havoc. He's a spoiler and he runs away. Um, so it's interesting to see him fleshed out as someone who's, and he's being told if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, Kingpin's going to kill him. So he's got his own motivations to do it, but I, I like him. I like the new Taskmaster they're giving us. Yeah. I guess if you grew up watching like Super Friends and Justice League cartoons, I always expected that Solomon Grundy would be a bigger, yeah, <laughs> bigger character in things than he is. He's just not, kind of a joke whenever he appears in comics now. He's pretty one dimensional. Yeah. With I wasn't even thinking, dialogue. I wasn't thinking these What's that? Did anybody watch Gotham? Partially, I know he's in that, yeah. He was in that. Whenever I think of Super Friends, all I hear in my head is, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> that one guy who was always the meanwhile guy. <laughs> and you got to feel like any, any Batman villain who's not Joker or Bane is underrated. You know, those guys, you know, Riddler, Penguin, you know, never really get a fair shake, I don't think. Mr. Freeze until Arnold played him. <laughs> right. Kite Man, he got it in Tom King's run. Hell yeah. And Crazy <laughs> Quilt, Crazy Quilt is in Suicide Squad, I think. Oh, I'm thinking about, thinking about Scarecrow. I mean, he he's always kind of puttered out, but he's a really strong nemesis. I mean, he's he's just that level of crazy. Cillian Murphy did a good job as him in the uh, Dark Knight series. I mean, he was like him in yeah. Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. How about oh. Onomatopoeia? The, uh, the oh anime. yeah, I like that one. Oh, I like Onomatopoeia. Yeah, where did he resurface recently? In one of the was it in Future State? One of the future. I think State so. Books? Yeah, 
I Craven the Hunter. I have talked about him before, especially since uh, that was one of the rumor, rumored Keanu Reeves roles. Um, when done well, he he is a formidable, formidable. He's he's a formidable character. Um, like the the best story with him is uh Craven's Last Hunt, which right. he finally just snaps and he concocts this whole entire plan to take out Spider Man. And not only does he succeed, but he buries him alive and then takes on his identity and goes out and takes out criminals. Um, and then when Spider-Man appears at the end, he's like, ha I finally beat you. And Spider-Man's like, you're nuts and leaves. And then Craven kills himself because he's like, I have finally hit what I was supposed to in life. Now, of course, they it's Marvel. So they brought him back because they're like, well, we want this guy to be in movies eventually. Um <laughs> And, and they did, and they still made him, like, he, he's a pretty cool character uh, overall. Like, he's basically Wolverine without the healing factor when you look into it. So he's an underrated character that I'm hoping gets to see some, like, really good screen time. My pick, Mike, was uh, originally going to be the Riddler. I mean, I just, because I, I love that character, and he, because yeah. he's, like you said, because the Joker steals all the Batman's, you know, uh, glory that, you know, that he's kind of an underrated character. But then I moved actually to the character that I mentioned earlier, Mr. Missile, Mr. Missileplick <laughs> has always been one of my favorites. And uh, I wish there's a, you know, they, there was, he was brought into the run. I think the most recent action comics run, and that was pretty, that was a pretty cool storyline, but I feel like he's someone that DC could do something very similar to the Scarlet Witch thing where, you know, he's from the sixth dimension and could create his own universe. And he's, you know, he's, it's a, he's always a fun character, but he can also accomplish a lot and be used as a hook for a bunch of different storylines. Brooks, you wanted to bring up Boomerang. Brooks really likes Boomerang from this last Spider-Man run. Who's uh, his roommate. And Brooks said that he's like the kite man of Marvel. <laughs> it's kind of they've done a good job with that it's like spider-man's new roommate so he can make rent is super filling it's like what a brilliant setup (laughs) it's really great and it really adds a lot to the series it's it's a lot of fun to watch and they're almost like joey and chandler but like spectrum um i I, you know with uh okay move on i lost that thought well i think it, it can be if you're basing on big screen time, you know, um, somebody like the Kingpin has, has, you know, has gotten the Michael Clark Duncan version. Then you've got the Vincent D'Onofrio version from Daredevil series, which is phenomenal, which boy, I'd love to see him come to the MCU proper uh, with D'Onofrio's Kingpin, uh, who's just, I think a great villain. It'd be a lot of fun to have. You gotta feel like that's happening, but my, if we're talking about underrated villains, Kingpin is not that guy. I mean, he's yeah. he's always been larger than life for me. I mean, I was I grew up reading The Punisher and seeing him with Spider Man, and it's just he's just he's where the superheroes end. You know, you have to bring more than your A game to take him on because he's not just strong and powerful. He's got millions of minions. He's got tons of of thoughts and tons of ideas. He's already put into place before you ever know he's on the on the table. You know. Mm-hmm. Mark, you brought up the Riddler, and I didn't think about the Riddler until you said something. I would love to see Jim Carrey as the Riddler again, 
but in one of these movies like one of the more recent batman movies like it would have been cool to see jim carrey as the riddler in a christopher nolan film because he he did play it pretty dark yeah wouldn't it be cool to see like a cynical riddler that would just be (laughs) the jim carrey cynical riddler that would just be great yeah he's he's definitely capable of that i think that some people think that what we got is like like that that's what they wanted you know what i mean like they wanted that version he's 100 percent capable of playing it like like you know the joker style if you or you know the movie with joaquin phoenix he's capable of playing it that way well gotham did a pretty good version of uh enigma i think i love the riddler in gotham i thought that was one of the stronger characters um and his arc was good too like his arc was pretty um they 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 walked up they he was a serious character and i thought i think it's hard to do that i think it's hard to make the riddler a serious character because you have the juxtaposition of the joker being the like the guy who's supposed to be the goofy serious character so they always want to make the riddler super goofy you know um yeah i I, that portrayal is great absolutely well the joker storyline in gotham was good too yeah, it was different, right? It was, um, you know, I can't speak for the comics, but it was different than anything we've seen in a movie or a TV show, that's for sure. Yeah, now Bane, we won't talk about. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start watching some of these DC shows. I've not watched any of them yet. I was very pleasantly surprised with Gotham. I didn't finish it, but I thought I watched a lot of the first couple seasons and it was very good, I thought. Yeah. And uh, and I, Gordon was really good, um, and I think that we, it goes back to how can they do these great TV shows and not movie? I I, I still don't understand. Makes sense. But they the the it even feels more like comics when you watch those shows. Mm-hmm. At least Gotham did. It felt like like a live action graphic novel or something when you watched it. Well, in Pertwee's version of Alfred, that's Alfred. That is how every Alfred in every movie and every the guy who played him in uh, Gotham, that is how Alfred should be. Like the after like that, he could like, knife people. Yeah, 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 exactly. He was just like you know, and and if you know that actor, he always plays that gruff, like you know, soldier type. And in this one, he was the gruff soldier type that was also the butler raising the kids. So it was kind of like. He did an awesome job as Alfred Pennyworth. Somehow this has become a podcast on Gotham and we should probably move on. <laughs> well, isn't there a standalone Alfred TV show? Pennyworth. I it's in its that. second season. Is it any good? I haven't touched it. I haven't watched it's on, it. That's on HBO. I haven't watched it. I haven't either. I thought it looked pretty good. I just haven't seen it. Well, thank you for joining us for our podcast on Gotham. Um, (laughs) Some of us have seen, but so one thing that we, we we skipped over last week uh, in getting caught up in, in Snyder cut and all kinds of different things uh, was anything going on in in the comics world. Um, So one of the things we usually like to pull in is anything that you've read in the past week or that's coming out the next week. Um, that was cool. I know Tim and I are both reading King in Black, which is Marvel's big event right now. And I got to say, 
Marvel has so many events, it's so hard to know what to pay attention to and what not I, what not to. I just love Donny Cates and and you know, coming on after Absolute Carnage. Uh King in Black is just a lot of fun, you know. It's a blast of an event. Yeah, but there's a it's a huge tie-in though, all the way back to X of Sorts. I mean, it's oh yeah. They rebranded the X-Men, they rebranded all of Marvel, and everything's kind of coming back around again and everything's connected and king and black just it's i'll tell you what if there is a way to i would just love to see it on film mm-hmm. i can see this like phase six where they're dealing with the symbiotes that have finally arrived and Nall gets here and you know finally they've all everybody's got to unite even the bad guys because Nall is just that big of a bad guy it, it's a great storyline mm-hmm. I've, I've really enjoyed it i've, I've started instead of just reading the main storyline i've started saving up all the side stories too I just picked up Namor's run. He's got three on on the King and Black run. There isn't. I mean, there's another Venom coming out. We think that Woody Harrelson and as as Carnage is going to be in it, but based on the, how it ended. But um, there's got to be a storyline in there. Tom Hardy signed to four more Venom movies right now, which is great. I mean, he so doesn't I, like Eddie Brock. I like him as a as a character. But. And they may not be standalone Venom films because I know eventually they want to tie Spider Man and him together. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got four more appearances signed on for. And I mean, Tom Hardy is like a sponge when it comes to getting roles. I mean, he just soaks them all up and he yeah, puts yeah. on a different hat for every single one of them and just, just nails them. Team Mangold, what are you guys reading or looking forward to? I mean, I hope I'm not stealing Gary's because he's the one that tipped me off to this, but I really, really dug the whole uh, future state next Batman storyline. Wow. Uh, sorry, Gary, if I'm stealing yours. <laughs> but John Ridley wrote it, you know, who, of course, is a brilliant filmmaker. And he also wrote the other uh, the other stories of the DC universe that have come out. And this where they've gone with Gotham, you know, five years after Death Metal, uh, the storyline, you know, there's a magistrate who's taken the city over and is trying to get rid of all the superheroes. Bruce Wayne's been shot and gone into hiding and. You know, there, there's a new Batman who's running around Gotham and they've really created this world that I think there's a lot of depth to. And it sounds like they're going to continue the storyline with James uh, Tinian's run here in Batman. And it's going to start going into the storyline that we've already know <laughs> sort of where it ends in this fi- future state thing. But it, it's, it's really great. Uh, a very pleasant surprise because I wasn't sure when I saw any of the future state stuff, if any of it would hold up or be, you know, interesting at all because it kind of seemed like an afterthought i'm very very impressed with it i think it's a really cool world that he's created and then uh also we'd have to bring up the last ronin number two we're excited about which is a teenage Mutant ninja turtles story that takes place in the future where there's only one left that i won't, oh, we wow. won't spoil who but we like that run as well yeah, it's like their Dark Knight Returns, right? I <laughs> it's, or Old Man Logan, sort of. Or yeah, it's 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 very similar. I saw that and I was almost picked it up, but I didn't get. It. I didn't yet. It's fun. From last week, I know uh, Iron Fist number two was out. We talked about Iron Fist number one last time, and it wasn't the the greatest comic ever, but I'm still reading and I'll still keep going with it. It was still fun. Gurkha, you got anything? I have to find something now because Mark took mine. Um, <laughs> no, uh, in all honesty, I didn't do my homework and look to see what's coming out this week. Um, 
I'm I'm pretty sure I'll be into whatever 100 Red Sonia books are coming out this week. I can't get enough of those. I think for me, some of the some of the upcoming because I'm not reading the future state ones. The you know, one of the most fun things you can read in independent comics right now is Donny Cates's crossover, which is pulling from every comic reality, movies and everything, and he's just having a blast, like making gumbo in a comic book. Um, and crossover number four is out this week. Um, and then you've got Wolverine number 10, if you're following Benjamin Percy's Wolverine run, uh, and X-Men number 18 with Hickman's X-Men. I'll, I'll second crossover. I love it. It's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It really is great. I'll third that and I'll second, um, I'll second the X-Men because it's coming back to, um, something that they did way back when, right after, uh, House of X and Powers of 10 and, they never touched back on it until now. So it's finally answering some questions. Um, Sword, uh, the new issue of Sword, anything with Al Ewing, I'm actually getting ready to go back and reread all his Guardians run because the, the few issues I've looked at have been absolutely phenomenal. And he's another guy who's like diving deep into 70s Marvel mm-hmm. uh, history and pulling it back into now off the beaten path path um i've talked about oblivion song robert kirkman's book um it's really good and one that i haven't brought up on the show before but i love and i don't know why it's called um nail biter and i want to say it's by joshua williamson maybe um who's a big writer for dc but basically um i'm a huge like slasher film fan like uh scream and halloween and all that and basically this is a storyline where all the slashers can be traced back to one town and like ridley. what's that ridley, ridley, right? ridley exactly <laughs> nothing um, else, nothing else to do it, <laughs> wait what, what's this called it's called Nailbiter, and it's named after one of the slashers, and his name's the Nailbiter, and that was his signal thing. Signal thing is he would bite the nails of his victims, and um, it's like all these different like slashers basically from all these movies, and you can trace them all back to this one town, and it starts with an FBI agent that disappears when he goes to investigate something in this town. And it made it through an entire series of like 30 some issues and it ended and it was so popular. The writer was like, yeah, I got another story. And he brought it back and it's really, really good, but it's definitely, um, it has some gore to it because obviously it's a slasher book, but it's just kind of, it's really, it's a really good and it's, it's an independent book. I want to say it's, uh, it is Joshua Williamson. I was right on that. Good. Um, but he's like really big and guiding the uh, DC stories now, but it is a great story. And this week, Nailbiter returns the second series, the new issue comes out. Cool. So it could make that into a movie starring army hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and I'm surprised Brooks didn't say the new issue of amazing Spider-Man. That, that well, we, we were, we feel redundant every week when we, when we say it every week, but he's a big fan of that. Right. That's it's awesome. a good series. It really is. Um, I agree. So those are mine since Mark stole the one I really want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
No, it is. I agree with Mark. The future state Batmans have actually made me excited about Batman again. And I'm actually, uh, since Tinian's run is tying into that, now I'll probably be paying attention more to his run. Not that it was bad. I just didn't have, there's not enough hours in the day or enough uh, green in the bank account to read everything. Yep. I think probably when when Infinite Frontier is going to come out in March sometime, and that's going to be their tie back to the end of Death Metal before Future State starts, and it's going to be a single issue. So maybe we can all look at that and kind of have something to say about that when it comes out. That might be fun. Yeah, we're about to do a special episode soon, too. We've uh, we've been doing the weeklies. Um, yeah. We kind of have to bust out something here that ties in. To yeah. something soon i mean tim has recommended my little pony friend uh friendship is magic series so if we want only, all, only i know all about that the, one only for the tie into the future ninja turtles <laughs> have I, can talk, I can talk my little pony i've got i've got a three-year-old and we've seen all those shows like a hundred times <laughs> right, i'm glad you busted that out because i was not sure where that was going <laughs> i also go to BronyCon in baltimore every, every year i actually almost hit those people with my car on my way to work like every year that that happens like running out on uh what, what is that pratt street they yeah pratt street in there so we're talking about my little pony real quick there's a there's a complete takedown of being a nerd and being a My Little Pony fan in the third season of Stranger Things. And it's it's hilarious. And you're when you're done listening to Dustin like lay down an odd, you're like, wow, they're in the family. <laughs> Just, wow. And there was another um breakdown on um and you guys watched Last Man Standing with, with Tim Allen. No. His, his two son-in-laws are um on the show, they're comic nerds and they have a podcast where they talk comics. And, God, who uh, would do that? Yeah. <laughs> so they uh they were making fun of their their wives' choice of cartoons growing up, and come to find out, like the guy who wrote their favorite comics wrote like the first six episodes of My Little Pony, the first six issues. It was a it was it's just hilarious tie-in, man. Yeah. I didn't I'd forgotten that, Tim. And and speaking of tie-in, Disney dropped something last week called uh um, what was this? Not Dora and Ulysses. Did you guys catch that at all? I saw that it was there. I didn't want. Didn't watch. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, we Flora watched and it. Ulysses. Ulysses. And if you watch that, I challenge every single one of you to watch it. It's a family yeah. flick. There are so many Marvel tie-ins to the kid pretending he's Matt Murdock. I mean, <laughs> it's just great, man. It, there's so many tie-ins. The, the okay. first five minutes is the girl doing like a soliloquy about comic books yep. was it her dad a comic book artist or something yes. yeah. yeah he was he was an artist and writer movie but i honestly think you guys might like like appreciate it man there's some I theories mean, coming out of that it's just the introduction to squirrel girl yeah 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 like, who knows but it's it's great everything's tied in today mullins you got any choices for this week Actually, um, I've been reading the Future State myself, so you guys jumped all over that, and uh, also picked up X Men Legends, which kind of goes back and uh, and rehashes all the old storylines. So that's the one where they're doing the untold stories that they had written and never published, right? Correct. Yep, they're breathing life back into the old stories and putting new. Yeah, that I want to start picking that up too. And that's a good call because that's also canon. It's not like they're just retelling these stories and they end like they did for. um, Correct. 
yeah. Claremont a few years ago where they did the um they let him write X-Men again, but it wasn't set in the main X-Men universe and it was horrible. And you can see like it's like, man, I hope he has better stories coming out later. Um, and they let Louise Simonson do that for X Factor. And but for the X-Men Legend, these stories will actually be canon. And for this first one that John's talking about, John, it, do you mind if I tell about it? I don't want to. I feel no, like you go right ahead, Gary. All right. Um, they uh, originally back in the '90s, they had hinted that there was a third Summers brother, and they never finished the story as it was hinted. And then later on, they came and brought him in. He was his character, Gabriel, who went on and is part of the X-Men run now, but they had always hinted that it was this character, Adam X. Um, now they got the original writer, Fabian, to come back, and it is. It's Adam X. So now there's going to be four. Correct. Summer's Brothers with Cyclops. And, spoiler um, alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he's all over the cover. I mean, you, all you got to do is look at the cover. Yep. And now the next storyline will be Louise and Walt Simonson coming back and picking back up an, an X Factor and telling an untold story. So they're getting really, and you guys that have been on here long term, um, all two of you that are on tonight, um, know that I'm a Louise Simonson fan from way back from her X Factor run. So it, it's, I had forgotten about that, John. That was a good call. That's a really good series. That's what I'm here for, Gary. Uh... Yeah, I am, your penny, I am your penny worth, if nothing else. I'm thinking. <laughs> it all I was thinking Ed McMahon, but we'll go with that. But I think actually, growing up, I was more Not your Ed so. McMahon. Yeah, right. Dustin's gonna have an issue with you being the Batman, <laughs> or Zach. Zach will. I can't right. rock the black cardigan like Dustin can, though. That's true. <laughs> so, if we wanted to throw a couple news and rumors in before we sign off. Um, one that I don't think we got to talk about last week, there was a um, rumor that uh, Dr. Doom, Namor, and Killmonger were all going to be a part of Black Panther 2. So I'm curious, who do you think is the biggest deal to be in that movie of those three? Doom. Doom. Doom, because he brings a whole different... Mm -hmm. A Marvel expanse into this. You know, Killmonger makes sense. Michael B. Jordan nailed that role. Yeah. Um, if they're looking, there's a lot of different redemptive franchise or um, storylines they can use to bring him in. But Doom, if they do it right, he's just gonna he's just gonna command the screen. And it has to be Mads Mads Mickelson. I don't care that he was the villain in Doctor Strange. It has got to be that dude is Doom. He would be the best Doom ever. Well, the actress that played um, the ancient one was also in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, they've moved some people around here or there. Yeah. Um, Conan O'Brien? Is, <laughs> is that the Tilda Swinton character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, the joke is that Tilda Swinton and Conan O'Brien are like the same person. Oh, no. he, he I can see himself. that. <laughs> <laughs> it calls himself Tilda Swinton all the time. But anyway um did did we see that did everybody else see the jennifer lawrence rumor that she got cast in the fantastic four yeah that that broke the internet for about for four or five hours the other day and then thankfully it was debunked 
We'll see. I don't know. I'm not buying that it's not real. I mean, sometimes I think they throw these things out to see what the response will be. But if it ends up being her, I'm okay with that, I guess. I mean, it's not going to be a fairy tale. Everybody wants it to be Krasinski and Blunt, but I, you know, she's a good actress. I love, I'm a fan of Jennifer Lawrence. I didn't love her X-Men, you know, role, but she's been in great things before. And if she was dialed in, I think she would nail it. Agree. A lot of these actors and actresses, they do what's asked of them. You know, they, they have a job to do. They do what the director wants, what the producers want, and they produce the characters that, that are desired from the creator's point of view. Um, so I don't, I very rarely fault the actor or actress for a role that I didn't think was good because they do other movies where you're like, wow, they were great. Except for Arnold and Mr. as Mr. Freeze. <laughs> I fault him every was, time. He was great in Twins. <laughs> Just awesome. Him, DeVito, that's the one-two punch. I know, if only they had had him in more movies after that, though. I mean... Yeah, it's like he disappeared, right? <laughs> so one other rumor, um, they did an interview, Star Wars, uh, Daisy Ridley said she'd be, she'd love to play Marvel's Spider-Woman. Would we watch that or would we like that casting? I, yeah, I, I, that would not be a bad casting idea. I think that would be good. I mean, Tim might think differently because he's definitely, Tim's been hurt. Um, no, I, like I said, I don't blame the actress. Dude, that project was dead on arrival. I don't blame any of those actors or actresses. Some of them did really well with the roles they were given. Some of them weren't given enough. You know, I she's I mean, she's young enough. She I, what, what I look for now for a lot of these castings, particularly with like the, the spider characters, is you need youth because they have to carry these characters for a while. You know, it's it's not like you're coming in as Magneto and you're looking for that older guy to to carry the mantle for just a couple of movies. She's actually a really different character than Spider-Man, you know, in, in, um, they could have a lot of fun with the Spider-Woman and, and who's often connected with Captain Marvel and who knows. All right. How about so Adam was... Driver as Wolverine? I don't like we it. it. We covered it last week. I like it. talked about that last week. That was last week. No. Gary. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thumbs down. I know. I just want to see Tim's face again. <laughs> so last week. I, I really like Adam Driver, when he gets into like those those weird comedy roles, man, yeah. he nails them. He is one of the most entertaining yeah. people you can see in those roles. And he's done some serious roles too, yeah. where I, I really liked him. You ever want to have a different appreciation with him and Andrew Garfield? Uh, watch Martin Scorsese's Silence, which is yes. just chilling. Yes. Oh, man. Yep. Not a feel good movie. Yeah. Adam Driver doesn't mean Marilyn Manson. So I kind of brought us full circle here. Yes, you did. I was going to start naming all these horrible actors as a joke, but then I was like, knowing my luck, they'll like make a really good film and we'll be at a point where we could interview them. There's a zombie movie drivers in that Bill Murray's in. Have you guys seen that one? Zombieland? No, it's 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 Adam Driver and, and Bill Murray and a couple other oh, people. Something like I the saw dead, that in the theater. The Dead yeah, Don't Die, I think it's called. It's a weird movie. It's so weird, but Driver is just hilarious in it, man. Oh. It just he makes me laugh. It's it's one of those movies that like half the people that watch it will be like, that was like the smart whatever, and the other half are like, that's the worst piece of shit movie I've ever seen in my life. Amen. I mean, it's like one of those movies. It's really 
what, what's it called again? This is the Dead end. Don't Die, oh. I think is what it's called. I'll tell you right now, everyone Dead in Hollywood, die. okay. 2020. Colonel Simpson is in it. And he sings yes. the, the, the theme music. And he's also in it. It is the weirdest movie. But I, I, you guys should all watch it, though, because it's, like, oh, it's yeah. like an art house movie. And 20, 2020 was a year party. for Hollywood because it didn't matter how bad the movie was. We were sitting on the couch and watching it. <laughs> right. I, I mean, you, you didn't fail us. <laughs> okay, bad actor in a comic book movie. Thought of it because he'll never do our show ever. It doesn't matter how popular we get. George Clooney is Batman. Warren Beatty is Dick Tracy. <laughs> I mean, you could probably name everybody in Dick Tracy. Jason Alexander as Howard Duck. (laughs) He actually did decent. (laughs) Wait, that's real? I never knew that. Go into the original Daredevil movie, which wasn't good. Um, I still think Colin Farrell as Bullseye was, uh, there was something there that he could do a good Bullseye. I have done a good job of getting us off topic tonight. (laughs) All right, folks, that's our hour for this evening. And uh, so join us next week where we will. When Hugh Jackman will be on our show. <laughs> after, after He's bringing Ryan Reynolds. They're going to discuss their feud. <laughs> right. hey, you got you to be careful what you say. They might be sitting in India watching us right now. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll catch you next Monday night for uh, a recap of WandaVision Episode 8 and lots more. Peace.